What's up, everybody? It is Thursday. That means it's another edition of the Big Go Belt podcast. Uh, before we get started tonight, I definitely want to uh, take a moment to send our thoughts and prayers over to our friends at the Square Circle Sirens um, as the owner, uh, Casey Michael, has passed away recently. So just want to make sure that we uh, send our love and support to them as they go through a difficult time over at that brand. Um, I mean, it, it, it goes without being said um, what Casey and it goes without being said what Casey and what uh, the Square Circle Sirens have done for women's wrestling. This is it's second to none. Um, I actually seen a quote really quickly before I got started uh, from a talent and stating that, you know, what he did made even the people with the shortest careers feel like superstars. And I thought that meant everything to seeing that and considering um, where that person's met and actually seeing, you know, how he's really elevated and promoted people over all these years. So um, that's definitely a huge loss to the wrestling community, but um, the work would definitely be in our memories forever. So definitely wants to now love and support over to them. Um, but yeah, Thursday night, another episode. I almost think we almost thought we weren't going to do one tonight because uh, it was some major storms coming through our area. Uh, we had a tornado watch and it was not playing. Matter of fact, I don't even think I've ever, I mean, we didn't have a tornado watch. I had a tornado warning and I don't think I've ever seen <laughs> that alerted my phone ever so i was a little worried but uh it did pass through and everything's good and as you can see the whole team is here so we're definitely ready to talk about uh, a ton of things for the night uh but we get started gentlemen how's everyone doing tonight okay hey doing good Hanging in there amidst the apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, you guys got my storms from the last couple of days, so you guys have what I had the last week or so. So there enjoy. You there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, look, let's get started with um, the news that came about today. Now, we were able to take part of the AEW's uh, all-out press conference today. Uh, their media call earlier today about one o'clock uh, eastern standard time and a lot of good things came out of that as tony khan spoke to the media about the event and all things uh related to aw and i definitely want to give a couple of reactions in case you have not heard the news um and the whole conference is on the youtube channel right now for you to listen to uh but there was a lot of good things that came about it he spoke about uh, the relationship with NWA and his his friendship with Billy Corgan. He talked about uh, having a lot of respect for Brock Lesnar, who's obviously a free agent, if you haven't heard. Um, and then he talked about something that we've been really curious about, and that's about what would happen with AEW Dark, as it's been you know, a really uh, adequate part to the storylines and booking for AEW Dynamite, which is position itself is not just an enhancement talent platform but a second show uh where he did say that that show would stay intact and will continue to be on youtube but a third show is on the way uh he's talked about you know all out being at about 15 percent capacity now so they're making tries to more people being able to uh attend the event he gave his praise for thunder rosa and serena deep um he also talked about um the women's match for all out and being a cinematic match so a lot of things have came out of that um i want to kind of throw this over to jamal first because um when we were kind of preparing for the kind of collecting questions i know jamal has been really curious about um what would happen with dark so now that you're hearing that, you know, they've gotten good graces from me, uh, Media Warner, <laughs> Warner Media. And, you know, as rightfully so, because they've been doing hella good in ratings and whatnot. And wrestling is a really big staple in viewer and entertainment. So they see the value in it. But now that, you know, Tony Khan has now confirmed that a third show is on the way. What does this show need to be? And what would you like it like to see from it? Well, Personally, I think that Dark should be more like WCW Worldwide or Heat, where basically it's a recap show. There are no storyline implications. Uh, they do two or three matches, but mostly tell you what you missed. That way, if you don't watch Dark, you're not really missing anything because it is on YouTube. Um, and if they want to have it be the jobber uh, or the, uh, the, the unsigned talent, you know, kind of that showcase, then cool. I don't have a problem with that. It doesn't need to be two hours. 
Um, and I think that a lot of that stuff really could be spent on recapping um, and leading into the next Dynamite. But with Dynamite being on Wednesday in the middle of the week, where do you put a new show? Do you put it before Dynamite? Well, Dark is already on Tuesday, so that leaves Mondays, which probably is going to happen. Do you put it after Dynamite, uh, which would leave Thursday, your Friday, Saturday, or Sunday? Sunday's probably likely, unlikely. Um, Saturday is the day of your pay-per-views, which is kind of weird to put a second show on there. Um, and then, of course, there's already a big wrestling show on Friday, and so that really leaves Thursday. But then if you put in the week, as it flows uh, chronologically, why would you put the big show on Wednesday and then the show after that, you know, uh, feed into uh, feed after it? I don't know. The placement seems kind of weird for a show to proceed uh, to follow Dynamite on a Thursday. So I don't know what they do with the second show, but I do think that same thing with SmackDown. When we talked about SmackDown and Raw um, splitting, you know, and uh, Fox wanted SmackDown and they wanted it to be different. And we talked about how it could be different. Well, they didn't do any of those things. SmackDown is just a two hour version of Raw. But I really hope that the second show for AEW is a little bit different than Dynamite. Maybe Dynamite features more tag team wrestling and more singles stories. Maybe the second show, whatever it is, AEW Firecracker, maybe it's only an hour. <laughs> and it, it features more women's wrestlers um, in, in like actual stories that give, get time to be fleshed out um, with, you know, with stuff like that. And then, of course, you can leave the enhancement talent to dark. Uh, it's, it's a form that the WWE, you know, has done before with a shotgun Saturday night type of show and then a heat type of a show and then a raw type of a show. WCW did the same thing with worldwide and then nitro and thunder. So I think it's something that AEW definitely could do as their roster expands. They need more television time for more, for more of the talent to get an opportunity to develop stories instead of giving the only woman segment to Swollen Baker and and not your woman champion and then relegating that to the pre-show for reasons. And we can talk about that weirdness later. But I really hope that this second show, for what it's worth, complements Dynamite more in that it picks up where Dynamite can't fulfill, leaving Dark to kind of encapsulate everything before the next Dynamite. And because it's on YouTube, Dark is basically interchangeable. You can plug that in anywhere and yeah. just press, press the premiere button on YouTube. So, Marcellus, let me ask you a question now. Now, Brock Lesnar, one of the biggest free agents on the market right now. Um, <laughs> definitely so. Where do you do, do you think there's going to be? I mean, now, again, Tony said he could not speak on it, but he said he had a lot of respect for Brock Lesnar. Um, and yeah, obviously, say couldn't speak on if there had been any negotiations with him. But do you think there's a potential chance that Brock makes that jump to AEW, or is he just a combat sports guy in WWE? At, at this point, I think the biggest bang for his buck will be this biggest bang for his buck will be a combat guy in WWE. But before I go in a little bit deeper on that, Jamal, I want to piggyback on what you said earlier because as I was thinking, I'm thinking as a second show, maybe you guys would agree with me because I want to go back a little bit to our I swear to God, if you said WMAC Masters, I'm going home. No, 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 no. <laughs> Even though I love that show. But I think it's a market for the second show that can happen on Saturday mornings that may be able to tie <laughs> just some extra emphasis or maybe a bigger crowd they could attend to because sometimes that Saturday morning market is like a market that's empty right now that you could fill doing like a 10 or 11 o'clock show for an hour. The scope on what you just said, maybe the unsigned talent, Maybe to recap what happened early in the week on the weekend. So look forward to what you got coming next week. Just want to well, plug that in. I think like ten years down the road, you know, WWE tried it with Saturday Morning Slam uh-huh. on the WB, and eh, like like since they only have two characters, John Cena and Roman Reigns, that really fits that mold. Yep. It's really hard to for them to do it. But, but obviously, it, it, but it also but, competed with cartoons too. So like yeah. that 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 wasn't a fight that was ready to win. Well, but it was also a part of that and as it was on the WB. So they, it was sandwiched within cartoons. Um, but the idea is I would actually like to see the Adult Swim version of this thing mm-hmm. happen. Maybe not Saturday mornings, but maybe 
late night Saturday where they have their recap show on Adult Swim. Like 11, 11.30, um, something like that? Like the I shotgun mean, Saturday night formula. Exactly, yeah. just not inside of a loud, you know, um, bar. Mm. But, <laughs> but, but back a couple months ago when Dark had the AEW Control Center, um, that, form, that formula I liked very much. It was very simple. Uh, it didn't cost much to produce. They obviously had a green screen, and you can just go in, shoot the stuff, roll out. And mm-hmm. you can do that for weeks or so in advance if you needed to. Um, I don't see why Dark can't revert back to that in whatever capacity it comes in. Hell, they could just air the YouTube stuff on TV but because it's an hour. I mean, 48 <laughs> minutes is 48 minutes. And with commercials, that's an hour of television. Gotcha. Uh, if they if they decide to do that, I think like what could be cool is an integration with Cartoon Network because that's an audience uh, that would probably parallel the current AEW audience. Agreed. Um, Agreed. You know, and if you're watching Dragon Ball Kai for like the 19th time, then it wouldn't, <laughs> or if you can watch the uh, the Odd Future show, whatever the hell that is, and, and you can, AEW could fit in there. Um, in that, you know, if Bojack, if Bojack Horseman can exist in some way, <laughs> AEW can exist in, in some way uh, on Cartoon Network or Adult Swim, as it were. Gotcha. Now, go back to your question too, James. Like, in dealing with Brock Lesnar, I just don't see the AEW formula fitting something for Brock Lesnar. I just don't think it's a match for that. Now, Tony Khan can mention up or talk it up since he's a free agent. You know, of course, you know, just bringing his name value to saying, oh, we may try to do something. We'll see what's going on. You know, of course, that could bring some rumble and interest. But at this point, I think if Brock Lesnar is not doing WWE, he may go back to, like, MMA or do something like that of that nature. I think he's just good where he is and just staying with that route. I think AEW is just not the formula that they want to go into because they want to make sure they're marketing these guys that they're building up now, and I think they're doing a good job in their own market. I think they should stay away from Brock. Yeah, I'm sure Brock is using the letters AEW to try to up his value to Vince mm-hmm. and company at WWE. Mm-hmm. If he's going anywhere that's not WWE, the obvious thing would be he would go to UFC and do mm-hmm. the fight with John Jones at heavyweight, and they would all make a t- truckload of money. Exactly. That's, that's the fight that would happen. And he'd get killed, but it would be a payday. And yep. it'd be a huge payday. And then he'd go right back to WWE. I don't I see a make- scenario. I do not see a scenario where Vince lets him go wrestle somewhere else. Fight no, somewhere else? No. Yes. Wrestle somewhere I- else? No. Correct. I, I can even I can even see a DC coming out of pseudo retirement for a Brock Lesnar fight and Fox being overwhelmed with joy that the two <laughs> their two biggest potential stars are having a fight. So um yeah, it's it's a no-brainer for me. If Brock is to go anywhere, he's looking for that UFC uh cash out really quick. So yep. Yep. It, it, it can be possible. All right, so look, I, I want to ask a few more questions coming out of the comments real quick. Let me switch over now. The cinematic match with Britt Baker and Big Swole. Now, Damien, we've been very critical about the handling of the women's division. In this circumstance, you know, Big Swole's ready to go. He's definitely been doing a truckload of the work in this in this program, if you ask me. But Britt Baker's been hurt, been having to rehab in the way she had. Got her first tussle this week. But I, I, I guess... She's cleared to go. I mean, I didn't get a decisive, a definitive answer, but I, I guess she's good to go. Uh, but what's your thoughts and reactions to hearing that they're going to do this? Not only is it a cinematic match, but it's on a pre-show as well, too. But Ugh. Yeah. Uh, first and foremost, a tooth and nail match. When I heard it last night, I, I, I looked around at everybody. I said, what the hell is that? But then I realized someone's either going to lose a tooth They're going to get a nail driven into their face. Is that what's going to happen? Like, those are the things that were going to my mind. But the reason why I I see this being a cinematic match is because we don't know how healed Brit is. We're going to have so much schmoz. And and I can already hear the IWC complaining. Why do the women get the schmoz match? Why can't you just let them wrestle? Well, because Brit's not healthy. And she's better on the microphone than she is in the ring right now. And as much as we love Big Swole... You know, she's working with someone who isn't necessarily known for their five-star classics. So they have to hide certain things. Do I expect the wheelchair to get involved at some point? Yep. Do I expect Rebel slash Reba to get involved at some point? Yep. And it's going to be something that when we come back on Thursday, hopefully, we're going to talk about it. 
And we're going to, and that's what AEW wants. They want us to finally start talking about the women's division as something worthwhile, more so than us complaining about it or making it a laughing stock, which they have done, to be quite honest. What I'm annoyed at is the fact that it took two, and in my opinion, everybody, it took two non AEW signed wrestlers to have the best women's match on AEW since its inception mm. last night with Serena and with Thunder Rosa. And that is just depressing on so many levels to go with Jamal was saying about how they use dark. I see dark now as AEW NXT where people are just getting their practice in. They're getting their, you know, their, their reps in against enhancement talent to be ready for dynamite. And unfortunately half the women's roster or 90% of it, depending on who you talk to is on dark all the time. And <laughs> that doesn't bode well for the made-for-TV aspects of the women's division at AEW, which goes with saying the fact that we're going to have it on the pre-show, which is disheartening. But honestly, what do you bump in, you know, instead of it? We always ask that question, well, what would you bump? Well, there's nothing really to bump. Let me ask you a question, because as a rebuttal really quick. Now, the the opinion I'm getting as far as with the women's uh, tag tournament, and with this is that, because maybe they understand that there is an issue with how the women's division is being booked. That's why they're trying to make sure it's easily accessible for everybody to see. Fair. I Am I missing the correlation as to how does this make things better? Just because they get exposure, which we know exposure was absolutely a thing of the past, but I don't think exposure is quite the issue here. Like, we know there's this. It's For me, the booking... And, and and the relevance within the booking and and so do you I mean because that's the that's an opinion I got for why that's on a pre-show like they want to make sure that the ladies are being for free at that because it's a pay-per-view but does that ultimately pretty much wipe away this uh, this hazy fog that's going around as the women's division in, in no in I don't think it wipes it I don't think it wipes it away I think what this does you know to your point too is it is exposure for one. But who else are you going to throw out there? We've been talking about how thin the roster is. Uh, if we're going to watch the pay-per-view, we're going to see Abaddon wrestle someone on the pay-per-view. Is Anna Jay going to do a table spot where, where she'd set somebody on fire maybe? Unless that's happening, there's no interest. But then again, this isn't women's wrestling. This is women's theatrics. We, right. we need actual women's wrestling to appear on AEW's main programming. And sad to say... I'm racking my brain just thinking about it right now, with the exception of the Joshis that can't fully come over and just those people aren't ready or hurt. You got to make do with what you got. The booking decisions to quote what you were saying is I don't, I'm not so sure they don't know how to book versus the the talent just isn't top tier enough to be put in prime time. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. I'm on position to the next question or topic, shall I say, for the night. And, yeah, because we have a lot of emphasis on AEW. All Out is this weekend. I will definitely be tuned in. We'll have a lot more to talk about that next week. But other wrestling promotions definitely have been doing really interesting things. Uh, we will start with, at the beginning of the week with WWE, and that comes with well, Roman Reigns is back. And, uh, well, of course, people aren't happy about that, as we know. Um, there's been a really big... <laughs> My, microscope over Keith Lee as of right now as people are very interested to see how his book is <laughs> going to be done. The Iconics have been split up for some apparent reason. <laughs> um, trying to think. Is there anything else that's just really making me scratch my head? Uh, let's see. Mm. Rise of Big E. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm not talking about Big E because like, the idea that they're trying to make this whole thing a program with the, the whole, you know, I'll say shoot talk with the Miz and they're trying to like make that into something. Vicky was very adamant about not wanting to make that or something. It should, should have just been that, but it's WWE folks. But yeah, <laughs> I just want to see the five count come back. That's not happening. It's that's not, that's not and he, he, he's very adamant. Now, if that happens, like it wasn't his decision, but yeah, will with everything that's happening, all the fussing up and down with WWE in the new direction. I mean, is this a change or, or is this just like a temporary fever that they have? 
I'm looking at it like this. The SummerSlam payback seven-day stretch where God, people were not happy about that payback show before last weekend. Why are they running a second pay-per-view seven days later? But when payback was over, I was sitting here like, okay, I totally get it now. This was a two-part pay-per-view stretched over seven days. You had stuff that started on SummerSlam and it kind of got wrapped up on payback. And when you take the two shows together... They did a lot of damn interesting stuff. Like you said, Keith Lee beat Randy Orton clean as a sheet. Roman Reigns suddenly has Paul Heyman with him and is kind of sort of heel and has immediately got the universal title again and has an edge now and is a compelling character because what the hell's up now? He's definitely not the same old Roman Reigns that we've ever seen before. And then we suddenly have, uh, let's see, we got Rey Mysterio and his kid, who is a surprisingly competent wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> what, is, yeah. what is the deal with Dominic? Like, being like, that darn good. Can we chalk that all up to Rollins and uh, Murphy? Because DNA don't lie. Yeah, that, that kid's doing too much for a time for me to say, no, he's being carried. And to be doing matches night after night, like he's been doing. So there's some exciting stuff happening. I'm really curious what they're up to. Now, yeah, in a week, this could all be out the darn window. But between them protecting Keith Lee the way they are, they made sure on Raw that, you know, he did not lose that match. They made sure that uh, it was Rollins, him. Who was the other guy in that match? Rollins ate the pin. That's right. He spirited Mm -hmm. bomb Rollins and then Orton Mm -hmm. pinned Rollins. Mm -hmm. So even his finisher put out Seth Rollins, even if he didn't win the match. They made sure Keith Lee did not Mm -hmm. lose there. They kept him strong. So they're, they're obviously protecting him. Between that and tomorrow night, we'll see what's going on with Roman Reigns. I think there's some really interesting stuff going on right now. And Lord knows, I heard a lot of people this last weekend saying, hey, I'm I'm getting the network again or activating my free subscription or whatever because I want to see what's up. I'm curious what's going on with this because at least they're doing something different. So I think Mm -hmm. it's, it's raised some antennas on some people. Will it pan out? I don't know. But for the moment, they got me a little bit more interested than I have been in recent weeks. And I think that's a good thing. I think we can, I definitely think we can tell that you've definitely been a little bit more intrigued with what happened in WWE. <laughs> now, look, I, I everybody hold their breath for a second. Now, Jamal, I got a question for you now. Now, we know when it comes down to Wednesdays, you're watching Guy Fury over anything. But there may be a change in what you're watching on Wednesday, even Tuesdays at this point. But Mauro, your favorite commentary has law has left are you going back to watch nxt but really that's not really the question i really want you to put into perspective why the nst numbers do better on a tuesday night even with the competitor that they had to face with uh with basketball and other sports of that night why did it do better and then are you back to being interested in nxt now okay so first questions first why did nxt do better on tuesday uh, the short answer is it was built that way. Uh, they build it as Super Tuesday. They build it as a special event that's not a takeover, but mm-hmm. definitely something different. Uh, okay. They marketed it very well. Um, and then, of course, you have this Iron Man, you know, triple threat, uh, you know, four-way, federal four-way Iron Man match, which seems weird. And, and that was another thing. So... Yeah, they definitely built it that way. And and good on them for getting their marketing done. Um, take the match for what it's worth, because, you know, you may have a different opinion than, than everybody else about it, but the match stands on its, itself. But before that, they made it kind of must-see. And when people talk about, well, what NXT is rumored to be on Tuesday, and, well, I don't know, uh, you know, how that's going to, how well they'll do because of, you know, impact or because of AEW Dark. Well, if they move it to Thursday, there's no real competition. But oh my God, Thursday Night Football is coming back. And so there's going to be something every day of the year, no matter what day you put it on. Ring of Honor is at, at on at two in the morning in this market, and it still get beat <laughs> by, can you, you know, can, can you com- Sanford and Son. Can you confirm that? <laughs> uh, I can confirm that, uh, except on college football when it comes on at three in the morning because the game runs late. <laughs> but the idea is, you know, it, there will always be some stiff competition. And that depends on the demographic that you're trying to appeal to. You're trying to deal, appeal to 50 plus, pry their dead eyes off of Fox News. I dare you. It won't matter. 
It don't matter what day you put them on because if Fox News is on, the boomers are watching it. So it kind of is what it is. So I think if you're talking to wrestling fans that have an interest in wrestling first, they're going to be interested in, in NXT on Tuesday or on any other day but Wednesday. If you give them a choice, then you run the risk of splitting the difference. As we have seen, when AEW has not, when NXT has run unopposed, they have done better or no shit. When, a, when AEW has run uh, unopposed a few times they had, they've done okay to slightly better. Well, no shit. But compared to, but well, what else are they being compared to? There's always going to be politics. There's always going to be breaking news. There's always going to be that hot show of this year on, on one of the cable networks. Guy Fieri will never die. Um, and then there's NXT. AEW had a monster rating. A bigger rating than their uh, pre-pandemic numbers, but they were only eighth in the key demographic because there were other things on. So it will always be a roller coaster wave, and I wouldn't put my money on NXT dying or conceding the war if they move to Tuesdays. Honestly, it's smart money for them to run on a post. They've seen what happens when they do. The numbers are consistent, and it's something worth looking into. So don't be surprised if you're a part of WWE's fan forum that you get a little email in your, in your mailbox within the next three to four weeks saying, hey, we know that you like NXT. Wouldn't it be better on another day? What day would that be? Tell us right now so we can see so that you'll watch it. <laughs> um, research. Right. As far as the other question about Morrow leaving, um, I, I'm just going to put, I'm just going to give like the short answer because it's no secret that I absolutely loathe Morrow and Allo and, and think you that he's... Love? Is that what you said? I said, love? I said loathe. But but maybe it's the accent. So um, I'll say it a different way. I fucking hate him. So um, just, to, just to be clear that up. But the, the short answer is good. Never come back. I'll see you in hell. Damn, well, hell? Let me move on. <laughs> I already know I'm going. I just hope I have a bunk with him. <laughs> oh no, I don't know if you want to bunk with him with all the pop culture references in hell. I don't know if you'd want that. He's not ready for the hell I'm bringing. <laughs> <laughs> oh okay. man. Okay. Well, I think we're going to cut our first half of our show short and switch over to cameo at this point. I mean, if so, you can't transition from hell to cameo, what are we doing? You know, we got. I mean, we had no choice here. We got. We kind of backed ourselves into that one. <laughs> so, yeah, right. we can talk some cameo stuff. So let's let's do it. Okay, so, so let's, let's do, do this do thing. Um, so you know, cameo. If you if you want your shout outs, if you want to talk to your favorite persons, uh, and you have a fair amount of money, uh, you can do that on on a cameo cameo.com. Uh, right now, uh, I you know. A person that's I think new to cameo. I don't think I've seen him recently. Is uh, Keith Lee? Really? On the show. Yeah, Keith Lee's on cameo, and you can bask in his glory for a small but large fee. <laughs> Do you think that Keith Lee is charging more than Bo Jackson? I just want Keith Lee to be fifty Ooh. so we can support this right now. So I'm, I'm no, going to make sure. More than Bo. My Definitely. guess is Keith Lee's got to be less. Less than Bo. I'm keeping it. <laughs> We're going at the end of the day, he's gonna be fifty dollars. I'm gonna say more than Bo. I'm gonna say more. Damn it, Marcel. <laughs> I'm gonna go opposite. Low. At four hundred dollars. Bo Keith Jackson's charging. charging more than Keith Lee. Yep. Okay. There you go. Okay. Got that mm-hmm. memorabilia money. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know. Oh, I mean, I mean if anybody can get if anybody can get four without a question, it's Bo. Mm-hmm. Easily. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Keith Lee, is he charging? Hold on, more? quick question. Is Bo mm-hmm. Jackson the only really true? Uh, I got to think about newer people, but like I'll say past 20 years, is he the only really true successful dual sport athlete? You got to give it to Dion, too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if you don't count Dion Sanders. Got about Dion. Got about um, Dion. Brian Jordan? Um, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I was going to say Alfred Bell, but yeah, Brian Jordan. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, uh, but there are other people that did play, like Tebow. Mm-hmm. He played, uh, and Rick Ankeel, he played football and baseball, but not in the same year. Mm-hmm. So, Tebow's a good one, too. I would never um, have thought of, but yep. 
But, okay. but yeah, there, there are more than a few that play football and baseball, but maybe not as closely. Or like the stories of like uh, Dion, you know, catching a cab to across town to the mm-hmm. World Series and after the football game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, go ahead. Uh, Elgin Baylor is one of the greatest players of all time in the NBA, full stop. Mm-hmm. He's probably the best Laker. He's probably one of the greatest players without a championship. Is Ooh. he charging more than Keith Lee? Hmm. Yes. 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 I'm sure he is. At two hundred twenty-two dollars, Elgin Baylor is charging more than Keith Lee. Two twenty-two. That's a. I wonder what that number came from. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that that's 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 a very specific number. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Typo. Easy typo. He, he probably meant to hit 22 and then mash it a couple yeah. more times. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, it, it's interesting. Um, Keith Lee. Or. Or. Steve Mariucci. Former 49ers. Coach of your San Francisco 49ers. Uh, he's on mm-hmm. NFL Network, I think, now. Yep, he is. Mm-hmm. Still kind um, of a name. Also, he's still, still kind of a name. Is, is Murray Yuki charging more or less than Keith Lee? More. 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 NFL. More. At, at $200. At $120. Mm. Keith, uh, Keith Lee. I mean, Steve Mariucci, rather, is charging less than Keith Lee. Okay. Oh, oh my okay. God. Sorry, two champs. <laughs> Dream dashed. So Keith mm. Lee's more than 120 Okay. Last uh, Netflix one. Deal. Who's charging uh, Keith Lee or Randall Cunningham? Is Randall Cunningham charging more than Keith Lee? Okay, that's a name now. I think Mm. Randall's probably a solid hundred. I say Randall's Randall's got name value. I would got to say Randall's charging more. More, I would say say more as well. I'm going to go less. At one hundred and twelve dollars, he's definitely charging less than Keith Lee. Bam. One twelve. Jeez. I must have to do what twelve being one of his numbers, but no. Yeah, twelve is one of his numbers. So and so the magic number for Keith Lee is one hundred. One hundred. Twenty five dollars. Nice. All right. Not a bad little deal there. We need some. Keith Lee is charging as much as Big E, Chuck Liddell, uh, the man formerly known as Rusev, Miroslav Barnashev, Barnashev. Uh, Ray Boom Boom Mancini, Chad Johnson, uh, Mia Hamm, and uh, Derek Brooks. Uh, for, uh, yeah, from your Kansas City Chiefs and uh, Tampa. But yeah, yeah, so keep the so $129 is respectable. Just for shits and, just for shit, shits and giggles. Is Brian Erlacher on cameo? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he was. <laughs> well, <laughs> was he is not available right now. <laughs> I think next week we should Good. have a cameo just for two chains. This brick five Panthers. Good, Good. No. Nah. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I saw you Steve want, Smith on there. I mean, you don't want to get a uh, what's the name? Ray Carruth. You, I know he on there. Uh, he trying uh, to he trying to repackage some money at this point. Does he still have lawyer fees? Got, <laughs> got got to yes. <laughs> Damn. Damn. All right, but yeah, that's cameo for this week. Let's get to the second half of the show now. All right, so we done talked about WWE. We done talked about AEW, and I think it's only right that we talk about the other major promotions. And MLW. We would definitely talk about MLW in a second, but generally, I'll just ask everybody. What promotion outside of the top two are you most excited for in their return to normalcy or running, shall I say, in uh, professional wrestling? I mean, you do have MLW, as stated. You have ROH, which they're getting ready to restart. Um, and I got a, a, a interesting tidbit about that. I mean, they're probably somebody else who's getting ready to run. Uh, but nonetheless, yeah, what are, you, what are you excited for and what aspects and um, what, what, are you, what is your perception of these companies getting ready to start. What are you expecting from them? Oh, okay, I was, I'll throw this first to Damien. Well, so everybody don't speak at once, you know. 
I, I know we have, <laughs> I know there's been times on the show we've given ROH a lot of crap because we can't find it or they just don't run or Sinclair media. <laughs> truth. <laughs> uh, but I am looking forward to the 16, uh, the 16 man tournament uh, names that I didn't expect to see pop up, uh, especially one uh, Wheeler Yuta caught my attention. Yeah. Uh, I had been seeing him for a few years. And now that he's going to get seen on a kind of a bigger platform that if someone can find the channel to Jamal's point, but a bigger platform, nonetheless, I know Jonathan Gresham really wanted to reemphasize professional wrestling in ROH. And now he's going to be able to see that vision through uh, to a degree. So that's exciting. I'm actually with MLW running. I'm not really an MLW guy, but I will tell you this much. I am actually now interested even more so in impact. Uh, just because now it's off, the title's off Eddie Edwards, and now we get to see and hear all the Eric Young was buried commentaries come out. And then, <laughs> and then when inevitably EC3 takes the title back from him, where are they going to go with it? Because to be honest, with the knockouts division, as we've talked about, being second only to the NXT women's division, you know that's going to get my interest. And even though I don't have cable... I can still find ways to watch Impact, you know. Thank you, Internet. But that's mostly what I'm. Or Twitch, you know. Yeah, true. Or Twitch, or that thing. True, but I gotta pay for that. I don't want to pay for that. But I'm looking forward to just seeing really good professional wrestling because that's been my, you know, my bread and butter go-to for a long time. And if I get to see technical wrestling like that, oh, I'm happy. I'm good. So I'm going to piggyback off Damien real quick. And I got, I'm surprised. Cause like, yeah, we are, uh, we have been really hard on ROH for a long time. Time out, time feeling- out, time out. Just to, uh, just to be clear, no one's being critically hard for no apparent reason. We, if you can't find it, you can't find it. I always find it. When I'm being a delinquent, when I'm being a delinquent and hanging out after hours, always seems to always come on. It never <laughs> fails. I right. mean, it's I hear last call and ROH is on TV. It's that it one thirty time slot. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but no, but it isn't just that. It isn't just the time slot. It's just for a long time, it's felt like a very stagnant, not fresh product. It's just kind of been there and. The one thing I'll say with this shutdown they've been on, they haven't ran since March. So I'm really curious to see how they come back. The pure tournament's a very interesting idea. But since they've been totally gone for a good six months, I think they have a really good opportunity here to be like, okay, this is a complete fresh start. We have been gone. We haven't done anything. So we can come back. ROH could come back in any kind of form it wants. So I'm really curious to see how they reboot, how they come back, and what they do to get people's attention. I'm I'm very excited about that. Hearing MLW is coming back is also really exciting too. But I guess that's still a little further off. That sounds like it's going to be later in the fall. But ROH is making the moves and sounds like it's imminently about to happen. I think they were saying uh, the pure title tournament will start airing in September. And yes. here we are in September. So it's coming up in a couple weeks. So I would go out of my way to try and track that down, at least see what they're serving up. I'm interested. I, I'm going to agree with uh, Will and Damien here. And I'm going to kind of segue to Jamal, too, because I'm going to give him credit because he brought it up before we was on the show. But I was thinking the same thing before he said it. And when we're going back into the September time frame, granted, now you're seeing promotions about TV shows coming back. People are getting back to production, you know, dealing with the COVID pandemic. But now to see ROH and I was just re-looking at some of the 16 names that are in there and not seeing these guys for a while. You forget, like, some talented people that are in there like wow, okay, I'm wondering what they can do bringing us all back together, like P.J. I, Black, Dalton Castle. Silas I was just going to say, a, a healthy Dalton Castle is something we haven't had in a while. So. Yes, oh, wow. yes. Mm-hmm. So, like, when you see some of those names, it's like, man, these guys were like, I mean, even though, like we say, it's hard to find ROH, or sometimes or we see it on that last call, it's like we all have a part of our hearts that still loves what ROH can do and how they built talent. So just getting a chance to see that all over again, I'm I'm – optimistic of how it will be just interesting to see how this 16 team tournament will be because like when we think about great tournaments of all time we think about the may young classics we think about the king of the rings bringing all that stuff back is like once again like charisma that's from our past that we like to see you know come forward so let's see how it goes let's see what they can do with it and build some momentum with it let me ask y'all a question really quick and this is a really short answer of everybody you see name who 
is missing that you would have liked to seen in this tournament because I looked at this list and I was I was mm-hmm. thoroughly satisfied. Like when you talk about who's available to have either been signed with ROH or available independent talent, they got the names that easily come to my head. Um, so, but for you all, is there anybody else you feel like that potentially could be within this company and in, in company with them? Shall I say? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, we don't. Where is Jeff Cobb? Ooh, you know, where, yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially um, being he's been through there. You're right. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah, and I haven't you know heard his name you know called up in a while. Um, would be interesting to see if they were able to poach some of the people that have bounced around, uh, you know, AEW and um, for leaving WWE. Um, you know, like Matt Cardona, he only is not signed with AEW. He only has like a very limited run there. You think that maybe they could fit him in as soon as they leave. What the hell is up with the NWA's actual current roster? Um, there doesn't seem to be, they never really don't seem to have anybody nailed down. So a Nick Aldis is mm-hmm. in the tournament would be very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, personally, the best thing about power was the question mark. I would love to see, you know, that uh, that whole deal, you know, be, uh, um, be brought back. So, and we saw the Rock and Roll Express recently on, on Dynamite. So mm-hmm. um, since nobody's nailed down to NWA, everybody, I guess, is fair game. Um, and then, of course, they do have a, a relationship with CMLL. Um, mm-hmm. you know, are they going to bring any of those guys across the border? The border is open-ish. Uh, so, you know, is that is that a thing that could possibly happen? So I, I think that there are some names out there. And, I, and I, I wish I knew, you know, more wrestlers that were available. But obviously, there's a shit ton of indie wrestling going on right now. And we've seen if AEW has the wherewithal to pull all these guys and put them up on dark. And we know that companies like GCW is having their massive collective event in October. You know, you tell me that none of those guys want a little bit of TV time. You tell me that Nick Cage wouldn't show up. Well, Nick Cage wouldn't show up for, for the for the tournament. Would, I mean, even would. if it's a one time deal. But I mean, this tournament again is for the pure championship. So we're looking at some of the best technical wrestlers and Nick Gage is not going to be in this company. So that, that's no, what I'm saying. But that's the thing. Like, who, who's to say that he couldn't? It, it's not that, like, again, it shouldn't be, you know, relegated to the people that we think that we expect to see. No. Because if somebody's if somebody's like, well, well Jimmy Havoc's nothing but a death event guy, it's like, well, no, he actually does wrestle too. I, I think that's a reach. I mean, your gimmick is your gimmick, and your style of wrestling is your style of wrestling. Of course, anybody can say, well, I really want to be in it. I'll, I'll confine to it. But I mean, like, when you talk about the best uh, technical wrestlers in all of professional wrestling, who's a free agent, Jeff Cobb is definitely a good one, uh, which I would associate him more of a technical powerhouse, but they absolutely bring a different aspect in there. But I mean, when you say technical and then, you know, you think about people who stuck overseas, which obviously puts a wrench in this as well, too, because there's obviously a couple of names like Zach, Zach Saber Jr. You could easily say, mm. boom. Mm. But um, is I'm just is a quick brainstorm. Who else would you all kind of think it up? But I do want to I do want to position because I don't want to stick too much time on this. Something else I was noticing at the conclusion of Impact. Um, EC3 has the TNA Heavyweight Championship. Moose is on pursuit because it's stolen from Moose. Moose is on the pursuit to figuring out where did he go. EC3 had a map of the, of the United States and he put a knife and a, bows, a, a bullseye on nor, a little bit north of us. So that, I couldn't really tell, but that either means uh, Baltimore, it can mean Jersey, or it can mean New York. I thought New York instantly. Somebody says it's definitely New Jersey. Somebody else also said it's Baltimore. What's the chance of uh, EC3 showing up to ROH considering that well, they never officially said he was signed and his whole gimmick is to create his own narrative and do what he want to do. But what's the possibility that ROH may be now in talks with working or doing something with Impact? Is, there, is that a possibility? Or is he just going to New Jersey because that's the home of where the shows are being ran right now? Is it a possibility that he may be making a little indie run here, uh, which he's no stranger to in the past? Uh, so... Do you see that relationship? And th- ultimately, the question is, would ROH and Impact working together, would that benefit them? 
does this is this a smart strategical move for them to do on a on a round on a on the shoulder of EC3 right now? Mm. I think it comes down to how much is ROH willing to open their doors. Because that's mm. always been kind of their thing. It's like at some points in their history, they have been very like tight and very like, no, we're only working with like New Japan and that's it, and CMLL and that's it. And then other times they've been very open and be like, okay, we'll have the NWA champion on the show and you know, do stuff like that. It's they fluctuate on that. With the relaunch coming and coming back from, you know, being completely shut down for such a long stretch, if there's any time to do it, I would say this is the time to do it. They need to make as much of a splash as possible on this return just to get people to remember, oh, hey, yeah, what about ROH? Because everyone else, at least for the most part, tried to keep running shows or tried to keep up some kind of presence, and they just completely shut down. So if there was ever a time to be like, hey, who can we bring in here? Who can we get attention with? Who can we put on the show that might draw some eyeballs? This is the time to do it. I'd say go for it. There's there's no reason not to right now. You got nothing to lose. Mm. I want Schlack in the in the uh, pure wrestling uh, tournament. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, let's pure move. chair shots. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Let's let's uh, let's move on to what should I say? Our final topic uh, for the night before we get to our news. Now, NXT. And well, WWE and NST came on their social media and they had a post. And they've been they're still they're still doing it in all different categories. But the one that really stuck out to me um that I figure we should discuss is well, gentlemen, who would you put in your NXT Mount Rushmore? Plain mm. and simple. We have time, we talked about this beforehand, so you know we've we've all had our putting together our list beforehand. So now that we're officially on the show and we're recording it. Who would you all say is on your NXT Mount Rushmore? And for anybody that's not aware, that's four people, damn you. <laughs> I only asked that to see if I could sneak a person in as an asterisk. That's all. <laughs> There's ways to do that. There's yeah. ways to do that. You got to get your Statue yeah. of Liberties and stuff like there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who's going first? Mark. I'll go first because I'm... I'll go first because I'm struggling even now just talking about it with y'all. So, oh no! Oh, well, from not knowing your name, not knowing your your people, or listen, to man, re- I have I have a list here. Okay, I'm agonizing over the final two. That's all I'm saying. I, okay. I was struggling too, and I put those two out actually. I don't even know how y'all struggle. Y'all had like a couple of days, so everything I just say was basically a lie. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing: it's like when I when you first posed the question, I was just thinking male wrestlers. But then it dawned on me. Oh no! Yeah, the women's division of NXT. That was the first thing I thought much more. I mean, not me. I thought first. I mean, (laughs) so let me just preface this and say the four horsewomen are not all on the Mount Rushmore. They're not. No, Mm, No. I don't either. So controversial or not, that's it. Yep. So Sasha, Finn Balor, Oscar. Mm. And the fifth one is the one that's giving me a, lo- a little trouble because there's the a coin flip one. between <laughs> the fourth one. Is Mario. Mario. <laughs> See, he has five. Is that five count? I tell you, is this the Puerto uh, Rican Mount Rushmore? Okay. <laughs> Sasha, Finn, Oscar, and who? Oh my God, I'm third, by the way, and and naming Sammy. My list. Okay, Ooh, Jamal. Sammy, okay. okay, I like that name. Um, uh, for me, it's um. Oscar, Eve Marie, uh, Bo yeah. Dallas, and um, uh, hell, who was the last one? I, I like that we are Bo leaving. Oh, um, uh, Adam, Adam Cole. Yeah. Okay. Adam Cole. All Ooh, right. Okay. Yep. For me, it's definitely going to be Finn Balor, Samoa Joe, Oscar, and Sasha Banks. Mm. All right. I'm actually going to replace Adam Cole with Tyler Breeze. No, you know what? Mm. All right, the first two names that came to mind for me, like 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 you were saying, I thought I thought the ladies first, Sasha and Bailey. You can't have one without the other. They both got to be on there. So Sasha and Bailey are my one and two, mm-hmm. three. I was really thinking on the men's side. And I was thinking who really carried the brand as kind of like your top like faces and stuff for a good chunk of time. I think Sami Zayn did the best job of that 
for the mm-hmm. longest part of time as like a pure baby face the t- while he was there and really got that brand off the ground in the early days. So Sami Zayn is my number three. Four is really tough. I thought of people like Charlotte. I thought of people like Finn Balor. Uh, I could go a lot of directions with this, but considering enduring legacy from going off of that show and onward, I'm going to pick Charlotte Flair. Wow. I'm with three girls mm. and one wow. guy. Okay. Mm. Everybody says Damien likes a fifth. Let's oh, go back. I didn't go yet. Oh, yeah. My bad. My bad. My bad. My bad. My bad. Oh, wait, wait, wait. wait. Not yet. Yeah, not, not yet. Wait, wait. Let, let him do his fourth. Then we'll come back for our fifths. All right. All right. All right. So for mine, it was funny because I thought my list was like, you guys weren't going to pick the same people I picked. So I picked two dominant champions and two character people that oh. like character NXT. There go Joe. So my my dominant oh my dominant champions are actually were Adam Cole and Oscar were two on my list, and then my other two was Sami Zayn because I thought he was really Mister NXT, especially in the early part when it came on, and mm-hmm. then Tyler Breeze because I thought Tyler Breeze had the best character on NXT. True so that. that that was my four. So Tyler Breeze, Adam Cole, Oscar, and Sami Zayn. All right, let's add our fifths in there. Go ahead, uh, go ahead, um, Salas. Go back around the opposite way. So my fifth was hard because I couldn't, I couldn't like you guys were doing. I couldn't do Sasha without um, Bailey. I couldn't pick one over the other, and I couldn't put Champa without uh, Gargano. And I couldn't pick that. So if I had to pick somebody that would be my fifth, I'm gonna go wild card, and I'm gonna go Andrade. Cianamas. Mm, that's a good one. That's a good one. I got to match Jamal right on here because I have to believe Bo Dallas is my honorable mention. Mm. That man was awesome when NXT first came on the network. Mm-hmm. Well, I have to go with, well, after Oscar left this huge crater in NXT, mm-hmm. there was only one person that kept it going. That's Shayna Baszler for me. Shayna Baszler. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Paige, easy. Yeah, I thought mm. about Paige. Well, she was she, I yeah, about I thought Paige. about her too. I'm going to go Breeze strictly because they trusted him with Liger. Very true. Mm. Very true. It really speaks to the depth of that show when you hear all these names. And it's like it's so hard just to narrow it down to four from yeah. the, the years it's been to get together from the different eras. But a lot of talents pass through those doors in Orlando. But that's the yeah. sad thing, though. It's so much talent, but a lot of that talent could not transcend to the main roster mm-hmm. on Raw or SmackDown. And that's been an unfortunate thing. Different yeah. world, yep. very that's why, different world. That's why I really, that's why I really went with Joe because his dynamic coming into there felt so like it doesn't work. And he came mm-hmm. in there and he was the top heel against the top two baby faces mm-hmm. against Shinsuke Nakamura and Finn Balor. And like you, I mean, to be honest, now them two was nuclear hot, mm-hmm. and it had to take the right bad person. To, to face the right good guy. You know, you can't have a good Batman, which one of y'all made this reference to last week. You can't have a good Batman without a good Joker. That's just what it is. So, um, Eve Marie yeah. is right. the biggest heel in wrestling, ever, ever, ever. Very true. Ever. ever. Know, but you know what, Jamal? The reason why I wouldn't put her in NXT, Mark Westworld, because she just legit is probably the biggest heel of just WWE. Like she gets her own time. statue in the harbor. She's the Statue of Liberty. Even over Vicky, though. Even over Vicky. Yes. Okay. Yes. No. 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 Okay. No. Yeah. Like there's always like a certain level of like I don't like a person, but like I have never felt the pure rage of. I've people never felt not more like a wrestler safety. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> And, and you can argue, you can argue that she didn't deserve whatever. Of course, whatever. That's fine. I don't care. But I've never once used like visceral anger as a videotaped reference point. Like if you're if it's like, like psychology majors, if you're trying to define anger, pull up that crowd from Full Sail. That was yeah. not, that was that was real. And if, yeah. if you want to if you want to goof on somebody and say the wrestling is fake, pull up that crowd from Full Sail. It was very real mm-hmm. to them. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they didn't just it, didn't like her; they resented her being there. Yeah. Her, her no difference. Her her it no was selling. So bad that other people had to come out and say, "Yo, chill." Whenever Mick <laughs> Foley had to put down his Christmas mug and say, "Like, yo, chill," <laughs> seriously, and you know, like 
that's that's you know if for what it's worth it's a special moment and obviously even marie went through some like traumatic experiences backstage because of it um really not knowing how to handle that and and you know bailey um you know went through another you know that was a traumatic experience for her too because like oh we literally can't say our lines because they're booing us so hard um you know like nobody's been able to do that on on wwe since period yeah yeah Actually, um, nobody can ever do that on TV, period. Even, you know, the, the biggest heel since even Maria is COVID. Or, uh, or meningitis. Mm. Sixth man of the year, uh, viral meningitis. <laughs> <laughs> <He's up there. laughs> on that note, too, you should definitely, like, anybody listening, my interview with Eva Marie, like, Jamal is absolutely right. When you talk about the way that she was being... What's the, I need a good word here, but the way that the fans they were treating her, yeah. yeah, for her to even still be doing anything and being positive, like a lot of people can't come back from what she dealt with because it, it was it was bad, 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 bad. But nonetheless, that's just good heel work. No matter if it was on purpose or not, that's that's what you do. And I just don't know anybody that's that that's. I mean. To put this into perspective for anybody who's not sure, this is like when LeBron left Cleveland and went back to Cleveland for a game. That type of, like, hatred, like, burning jerseys, but times two. Because, like, you knew LeBron was good. Even when you like, ah, this, this might be it for her at this point. Oh, man. All right, what else we got? Is that it, or is it time for some news? Uh, I think we got some news. Time for the news. Yeah, I think it's time for news and notes. All right. All right, so, so let's go. I'll make it quick. Um, Brody Lee, uh, he did an interview with the Wrestling Inc. Uh, Daily Podcast, and he basically was talking about how his character was originally a parody of McMahon and how he er- immediately wanted to pivot out of that. And he said, and I quote, obviously there were a couple of little Easter eggs that people could easily pick up on, but as a whole, the character was never meant to be a Vince McMahon parody. But there were a couple jabs his way in the early going. Once I realized that people were, that was all the people want to talk about, I wanted to get away from that as quickly as possible because I wanted to be more about me, my identity, and more about the journey of where we're going. I just didn't want to be seen as that ex-bitter employee. I didn't want that label on me whatsoever. Good on him. And good on them for realizing that immediately. I think he only did two of those promos uh, before they moved on to something else and got him in the ring. And arguably, the Dark Order has really come through in 2020, considering where they were a year ago. Is it safe to say that that gimmick wouldn't have worked anyway because everybody else was just doing this gimmick anyway? Taz and anybody else who ever got a chance always was taking that approach of bad mouth in WWE. So the fact that that's actually what was his gimmick was going to be, it would have like well, devalued well, that, it. That came later. That came later. And, and what Taz says about the sloppy shop. And I was at a direct response to a very specific incident. Um, with that said, it, uh, with, with Brody, uh, that flame would have quickly gotten snuffed out as we see it like, okay, oh, shit, he, talk, he took shots at the old man. Oh, yeah, I heard that story. Now it's come to life. How many more of those did they have in it before it becomes, okay, now it's just petty. So I'm glad that they actually listened to the reaction and went, okay, cool, but we're not doing, we, we need to move on from that quickly. And, um, and that's a good idea. And that's what they needed to do the first time. Uh, speaking of moving on, Renee Young, uh, she obviously moved on from WWE, and she said in, in an article uh, that she gave to Sports Media with Richard Deitch, sure, um, she talks about how she left, and she said, and I quote, it was odd. It was, here's my two weeks notice for this job I've been doing forever. I didn't talk to anyone. I texted Hunter and Steph, and when I went and said bye to Vince and Kevin Dunn on my last day. Other than that, I have no conversations with them up until my last day. Everyone knew where we were and that, that, and that they understood. With my skill set, they really don't have a thing for me to do right now. They respected where I was coming from. So for all of those sort of like, well, you know, they were keeping her down and all this other stuff, uh, you know, she took the time. It was a job. She moved on and she'll do something else. I think she's has a cookbook in the works and obviously, um, you know, she's married to a unreasonably popular wrestler. So, you know, I mean, Renee has definitely will, uh, you know, land on her feet somewhere. It's, it's not that it ain't that serious. 
Um, as was discussed early in the show, the cinematic match will happen between Swole and Baker. And I think it's worth noting again that this is AEW's first cinematic match. Um, we've seen AEW do the typical media things as far as their presentation goes, but we've not seen a cinematic match before. What will it look like? Will it take place within the confines of Britt's office? Will it really be her office in Orlando? Um, you know, what is this match going to be? Uh, I mean, are they going to have Rick Knox in a, like a dentist uh, gown? Um, <laughs> you know, um, is somebody going to get an impromptu root canal? Will there be a Nazi Gankin reference? All of these questions I want answered. Um, and that's why I think having a thing like that on the, on the buy-in, at first I was like, well, Jesus Christ, you, you have it, and you're going to put it on pay-per-view. But honestly, if you needed something to sell the show, and considering that Britt isn't 100% because she had uh, rhinoplasty, aside from the uh, ankle, um, the leg thing, uh, she had her nose, she had a nose job. So considering that's why she's wearing the Cody mask uh, or the Richard Hamilton mask. Um, <laughs> right. So why is she wearing that if she had a leg injury? No, she had a nose job. So the bottom line is, is that Baker isn't 100%. Also, she's a decent but not great wrestler versus Swole. And Swole's finisher is an elbow to the face. So, uh, you know, really probably really wouldn't be the match that we want to do live. And they can definitely um, hide it with getting some hijinks in there between uh, Ford and Sabian, who worked with uh, Britt originally uh, last week, and uh, Reba, who has been working with her um, all this time. So hijinks will surely ensue in the dentist chair. And I swear to God, if a room isn't full of nitrous oxide and they don't sound like chipmunks, I'm going to be pissed. Uh, but, but yeah, that, that could be a statement match for the show. And honestly, if you're going to put that type of match out there for free, which honestly should be on the car, on the main car, but if you're going to put that match out there for free, I think because they taped it and they know what they have, they're like, okay, let's give them this. And then the rest will, will do it live. Uh, one other thing about the live show and the live crowd is that there, Tony Khan mentioned a couple times that he's going to have around 750-ish people in the audience. That is north of 10% of Daly's Place's um, uh, uh, actual attendance. Uh, so Daly's Place seats around 5,000. Um, 750 is a, a bit more than 10%, so we're somewhere around 15%. So I wonder if they're starting to scale up the uh, attendance as the COVID situation down in Jacksonville progresses. So hopefully they get the crowd in there and it works as they start to scale up in crowd. Uh, speaking of COVID, everybody and their mother knows, even the, even the moon people on the dark side of the moon with the Transformers knows that The Rock uh, and his entire family uh, contracted COVID-19. Uh, and, the, and the long and short of it is, is that, um, oh no, no, it's, it's not a hoax. The shit is real. Um, you may trust yourself, but do you trust the people that are coming into your house that are you know, coming near your family? And it's better to be safe than sorry. But that aside, uh, AJ Styles also mm -hmm. mentioned that he contracted COVID probably in like the big uh, COVID orgy that WWE had where 30 or so people uh, you know, had uh, the virus back in, in March, including two-time champion Kayla Braxton, who um, is 2-0 versus COVID, so uh, good on her. But, yeah, that, that sucks that so many people in WWE have it. Also sucks that Kevin Nash yep. has COVID. Uh, he admitted um, responding to The Rock, and he says, quote, welcome to the team. Very sorry that your family's infected. I was tired for a while. Didn't train for the fourth day. My wife still hasn't got her smell or taste back. Mm. Son was asymptomatic. Prayer, mm. pray you heal up quickly. Thank you for making people realize it's real. Uh, so, you know, no word from Kevin Nash's uh, quadriceps. Um, uh, they could not be reached at this time. But honestly, but you know, real talk. Uh, you know, you gotta hope and and pray if that's your thing that everyone that's infected comes through. But especially uh, the people that you hold a little bit more dear. Uh, which for me is Kevin Nash's left and right quadriceps. stuff. Um, MOW is coming to TV. A lot of things are going to happen. Um, you have, they're coming to uh, 
Dazone? Is that how you say it? Uh, D-A-Z-N? Yeah, Dazone, yeah. Yeah. So that's going to be a thing that's coming. They also said that they're going to air on a weeknight in prime time on the Fubo Sports Network. So that's a channel that suddenly exists. Um, Prime real estate. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, because, you know, Fubo Sports, it's a sports network. Um, but yeah, good for them. I mean, they were, they're also going to be on, on Saturday nights on BN if you have uh, BN sports. Um, so good for them. Uh, good to see that they're coming back. Uh, you know, hope it's not just about my entertainment. It's about the workers and, and everybody like that being able to come back to do what they love to do. Um, GCW has a massive show in October. Uh, you know, part of the collective. Uh, we'll discuss that later on because it's legit. It's it's WrestleMania weekend. The indie show that was WrestleMania weekend will happen in Indianapolis this October, and I'll have a slew of ticket information as I'm compiling it, and we'll have that for you over the next few weeks as that situation develops. But um, but that's the news. Uh, you know, hopefully everybody stays safe out there. Yeah, and then if The Rock didn't convince you. And then if Kevin Nash didn't convince you and AJ Styles, you have one of the best wrestlers in the world. You have Magic Mike. You have uh, <laughs> Black Black Adam. And then now Batman has it. At this point now. We, oh, wait, was it was it Batman or was it somebody on their crew? No, it was Batman. Rumored Robert, to be Batman. Robert, Robert Pattinson. Be Pattinson. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So at this point now, if, that, if your beliefs are still uh, in question, I, I don't know what to say. Uh, but I know for a fact that uh, we're going to be wearing ours and we COVID-free since 93. And, uh, Keeping yeah, the yeah, trend. Yeah. 93? Uh, I never had it. And I'm older than 93, so. <laughs> never had it, never will. <laughs> Not, never. Don't want it. Can't sell it to me. All jokes aside, yeah, be safe out there, people. It's still it's still happening. It's still a thing. Um, some people are trending in the right direction, such as our area. Other places are trend, trending in the other in the other direction, uh, yep. going back phases. So just be safe, and uh, as always, we'll we'll do our part to provide some in-house entertainment. As you can watch us live each week on Twitter at eight p.m., and uh, obviously you can hear us each and every week on your any audio platform. So your uh, Amazon actually just started a uh, podcast platform. So yeah, we're already on there because I already put the information on there. But SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, Google Play, which also Google Play doesn't exist no more because YouTube is taking over that, I think. So yeah, anyway, we're everywhere. Don't worry about that. Uh, we'll be back next week with more news. Also, two chains before you go, happy birthday to uh, the late Hana Kimura. Mm. Oh, that's right, yeah. Yesterday, yeah. That's right, that's right. All right, everybody be safe, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Thank you for listening and watching tonight, and uh, see you then.